At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Okay, welcome into another edition of the Duly Noted Podcast. Appreciate everybody for clicking on. And um, actually, today we're going to have Robbie on again. Uh, we, we, uh, we're going to have Peter Burns on, but something came up and he's going to be on next week. My good friend from the SEC Network. So instead, we'll have Robbie Andrew, my good friend from the next cubicle. Actually, we're kind of in the same cubicle. It's the weirdest story. Known to man. Two guys grew up in St. Augustine. Roommates in college. Roommates in junior college. End up working the same paper in the same cubicle. Doing their dream jobs, all right? Um, okay. A couple of things I want to talk about today in, in regards to football, because we like to talk a lot of football here. And we will get to some a lot of basketball as well as we go down the stretch. Uh, but we'll start out with football, which... One of the things I want to talk to Robbie about is involves the level of credit that Florida coach Dan Mullen has gotten this year. And there has been plenty of it. It is the outpouring has been incredible. People all over the country look at him a different way because now he's won it won ten games at Florida, a program that they've looked at as being a a disaster, even though they won ten games three years ago. You know, people forget that. that The art of finishing a season is a huge part of your reputation and a huge part of what you – the way people look at you the offseason. It is – it's not the body of work. It's how you finish. When you finish losing to FSU in Alabama, people don't think that of that as a successful season. They've, they've seen way more success around here. You finish by beating the – the pants off FSU and Michigan and the fact that Missouri just stomped you when you were when they in in your own arena the fact that you lost to Kentucky for the first time in 31 years that don't matter it's how you finish man it's a big part of it so that, that's going to be a huge part with basketball we'll get to that in a minute but um the reason I, it came to mind is because I saw this list of Athlon uh, top 50 players in college ba- college football for next year, and C.J. Henderson was the only one listed from Florida at 44. I'm not disagreeing. I'm not saying that's wrong. But wait a minute. If Florida's got so many non-stars, you could are make an argument there, there are no stars on this team. How are they going to get back to that point of winning 10? And they want to go further. They want to take it a step further. They want to play for a championship this year. How can that be possible? Well, obviously the job Dan Mullen is doing is a big factor. The job Nick Savage is doing is a big factor. But the truth is they've got better players than they're still getting credit for. And I don't – but I'm not being critical of the people who are making these lists and rankings because when you go through this team, I really like David Reese, for example. And he he plays hard and he – but is he a – is he a – a star is he a, uh, 
like you know first round second round talent i don't think so i'd like to see him become one because he's a great kid you know um they've got some guys that that are that could could be about to have explosive. I don't know if they'll have Jakai Polite type of years, but they'll have. They could be close. We all know about CJ in the backfield. You know about Marco Wilson coming back. You know about Felipe. You know about Van Jefferson. You know about Lamichael P. Ryan. Offensive line. I mean, we can go. But who's the star of this team? Where's the star? Where are the? And I talked about with this with basketball. Where's the alpha male? Is it is Felipe? Has he ascended to that role? Sometimes when a season goes by, things happen organically and you don't even realize they've totally happened until it's over. And then when you come back for that first practice in the in – the, in the, and look, I know they're all working out together and same kind of thing, but um, is he going to be the guy who – the leader they want him to be and the leader that I think he wants to be? You know, that'll that's still to be decided. That's still – to grow but there's no question at the end of the year he did become that guy for a brief time and it probably happened somewhere around halftime of the South Carolina game where at that point Florida which has lost two in a row at seasons headed to the Gator Bowl rallies to win that game destroys FSU at their place destroys Michigan and all of a sudden organically Felipe Franks becomes a face and the and the star of the team. People start all of a sudden. All of a sudden, the funny thing I saw I saw last year at the end of the year after after the especially after the Peach Bowl, but even going into it, where people going, "Hey, his numbers are pretty good." It's like when you watch Felipe play in person, it doesn't always translate into the numbers he ends up with. And then all of a sudden, you look at his numbers: yeah, fifteen for twenty two, two twenty six. Two touchdowns, no picks. That's kind of what you want, right? Especially with the offense they're running the way they're running it. So if there is a star of this team, it probably is Felipe Franks. Doesn't mean he's the best player on this team. Uh, I'm not sure what the answer to that is. It probably is C.J. Henderson. Um, it, it could end up being somebody else. But I think that that's one reason. The, the funny thing is this Florida team, when, when the preseason rankings comes out, I, I say they're going to be ranked too high. And everybody will say, no, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. Well, the job Dan Mullen's done this, that, and the other. And they, they deserve to be right up there. Did you see their game against Michigan? has nothing to do with this year, as we've talked about. Nothing. Zero to do with this year. But it, you see the way they, they clobbered FSU. They won 10 games. All right, whatever. That's, all, that's, last, that's last year's team. A team at Ja'Kai Polite, C.C. Jefferson, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Jordan Scarlett veteran offensive line that was that team this is a different team and I know the people are going to get excited and rank them high and then they're going to say well who would you put on the all SEC team and not to, I, don't, I don't really see a lot of Gators on there that's the interesting thing about this this program where it is right now we'll talk more about that but we've got to take a break when we come back have I got your interest have I peaked it at all also why the East one more argument. East is better than the West this year. And this will blow your mind why I like Tennessee. All that and more when we come back. You're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. The Gators are definitely on a roll under Coach Mullen. And next year should be even better. Winning is great for the program. 
but not for everything. Did you know what winning also does? It creates difficulty finding hotel rooms around game day. Oh, no. Most hotels triple their normal rate and charge at least two nights minimum. What? And if the Gators really start winning, everything will be sold out way in advance. No! No! Have you ever thought about owning your own place in Gainesville? To use for you and your friends and family on game day weekends. Call Betsy Pepin, the top realtor in Gainesville and sponsor of the Do We Noted podcast at 352-226-8474. And she'll help you find that perfect place for whenever you come to Gainesville. And when you're not using the place, she'll Airbnb it and take care of all the details. Betsy makes it easy for you to enjoy game day weekends instead of paying five-star rates for a one-star motel. Own your game days next year. Call Gainesville's number one realtor, Betsy Pepin, today. 352-226-8474. 352-226-8474. Okay, uh, I, I know that maybe I tweet you with a little bit of that but but basically I, the point i'm trying to make by this whole thing is it kind of shows how great a job dan mullen did in that nobody thought much of his players going into this year and to be honest with you they don't think that much of them going into next year and i like i've said i think his roster is better than it was a year ago even with the guys they lost certainly they lost some really good players but they i think their roster is better um and you're going to have a full year with your strength coach working with these guys. I think it's it's going to translate. Guys understanding what they're doing. You didn't lose your defensive coordinator who decided to stay here, which was a huge plus for Florida, I think. Uh, not everybody is – or there's a lot of people that aren't big Todd Grantham fans, and there's things that he's – you know, I think he's sometimes a little bit over the top. We, we've talked about some of that before. But I think you're better off with a guy who was coaching you last year to a 10-win season helping you coach than you were with, with replacing him. That's the way I look at it. Is he worth $1.8 million a year? I don't think so. But to be honest with you, who is? Who is worth as an assistant coach $1.8 million? There's a question. There's a difference between worth and market value. And that's what you always have to understand. The difference between what – how much you should be paid and how much you can command are t- they're two different numbers. But the bottom line is, to every th- all this, is that um, the stars are to be made still at Florida. You know, like Felipe Franks could be a star. He's not a star yet. In Gainesville, he's a star. Even, even in Gainesville, he's kind of like, yeah, he's our quarterback. We love him. Yeah, yeah, we do. You got us. But they're ready to turn at any point. You know, LaMichael P. Ryan, what he did at the end of the year, could be a star. Van Jefferson could be a star. Trayvon Grimes could be a star. And then, of course, you got a bunch of other guys, young guys coming up. I mean, there are a bunch of people that could be turned into stars, could turn into all-CC players. Part of the problem is that is the shadow that both Alabama and Georgia now have created – that kind of covers up a lot of the really good players in this league. Um, it's why you have a voter from every uh, district or area for all SEC and all American teams, and I'm hopefully it'll be again next year an AP voter on that because you got to look. I've watched this guy play. This guy belongs on that team. You have to have those kind of guys. And in fact, we do a lot of 
conversing. So, but I still think the shadow is overwhelming. Well, when you're looking at a team, what, what, what were they this year? I'm getting ready to vote on the uh, all SEC team. Uh, let's see. So far, they're 13 and 0. Haven't had very many close games. Actually, one. Um, you're going to lean towards those guys. Of course you are. But it's interesting to look at quarterback in this conference right now where you have the the East. Like last year was the West. The West had kind of like the dominant quarterback uh, figures, I guess you would say. This year it's more – you look at what the East has back with Fromm, with Franks, with Bentley. Um, all right, Guarantano's – you know, I know he may battle for his job, Wilson, uh, and then you add in Kelly Bryant going to Missouri. That's pretty darn strong. And then you go to the West, and you go, oh well, you got Tua. That game over. It's almost like you're picking all star teams. You go, all right, Tua is everybody's first pick. But then you go to Kellen Mond, who's a little erratic but can be good, and then Joe Burrow, who's had a pretty good year. I, I got to think he's going to be pretty good this year. But after that, it gets interesting in that in that division. Arkansas has got a kid coming in from SMU, Ben Hicks. I don't know if he'll be any good or not. I know they he knows the offense. Having worked with Chad Morris, I still think they've got a long way to go. Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. It's going to be interesting to see what they end up with the quarterback. So the West kind of has the better quarterbacks. But they don't have the best quarterback, and that's why – People look. At, people are going to look at the West as the best conference or the best division until the East knocks them off, and not not in the way it happened last year. Not, I mean, two years ago. You've got to be somebody's got to beat Alabama for the SEC title in Atlanta, and then it, maybe it changes a little bit. Uh, does any of that make sense? All right, let's uh, also get into basketball. Uh, certainly a good week for Florida. The Vanderbilt game was uh, like waterboarding. It was torturous to watch that game, but they won. Okay, that's the kind of game you can't lose. You just got to win it, find a way to win it, and then you go to Alabama and win that game and probably play your be- – I think their best game of the year. I really didn't see the Butler game because we were covering football, obviously, that day. Uh, and everybody talked about how great they played in that game. Butler's not very good, and that's that's not great for Florida, but they're not very good. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not sure how good Alabama is. They, they're a very erratic, up-and-down team. But still, you got those two wins, and now you're back in play for the tournament. I'm not saying the Gators are getting in. I'm not saying they would be in today. I still think they wouldn't be in. But when they're – Net ranking is 33, and I see Joe Lenardi has them in. And in the playoff game, the play-in game in Dayton, all right, it's back in play that you have a chance. Here's the thing. They have six games left in the regular season. One of them, I mean, three of them are against bad teams. Uh, Three of them are against really good teams. I believe it's LSU twice and then Kentucky, right? So uh, for Florida, you obviously can't lose any of those bad game, games to bad teams. Go, you need to go three and zero in those games. You got to get one. If you can get one out of the rest of them, 
and you're ten and eight, and you would be eighteen and twelve. Yeah, eighteen and twelve. I think you're in. I don't think what you what happens in the SEC tournament even matters at that point. That's how that's how strong their net ranking is. Now I've got your hopes up, and you're going to be you're going to get all upset. They're going to get destroyed by LSU Wednesday and lose to freaking Missouri, who's awful. Um, you know, later in the um, or on Saturday is that game actually. But well, let's just say maybe they've they're starting to figure it out. Maybe they're starting to understand what they need to do. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I was looking at Lenardi's list, and I was looking at the SEC here deal here on uh, net rankings. And I tell you what, the SEC, we've talked all year, SEC may get seven, eight, you know, last year. Eight. They may not get but six in this year because they're kind of counting on Florida to, to, to be their seventh team. I don't think they can count on Alabama anymore. They just can't get enough out of them. Alabama's 50th in net ranking. They've got six teams that are in really good shape. Obviously, Kentucky and Tennessee, LSU, uh, Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. Florida's that team that's, that's kind of on the bubble. And then Alabama's off the bubble right now. So the SEC would be very happy if Florida did well. Uh, Lenardi has Duke, Virginia, Gonzaga, and Tennessee as the one seeds. Uh, no sign of Houston there. I don't know. I don't know how good Houston is. I've watched a few of their games. I'm not sure – because you don't, when you're not watching them play against the, the kind of the same teams, it's off, often difficult to tell. But um, obviously, Kentucky doesn't care if they're a one or a two. If they're, you know, they'd rather be a two, I think, in Columbus, Ohio, than be a one in Salt Lake City. I would promise you they'd rather be that. However, if you're a one, if you're a two in Columbus, Ohio, you may pull Virginia. I don't think Kentucky fears anybody right now. That Kentucky-Tennessee game was kind of an eye-opener, I think, for a lot of people. But I've been seeing that out of Kentucky. In fact, one of the worst games they played all year was against Florida, and then they they rallied to win that game. And then, of course, uh, losing LSU on the buzzer, on a tip-in that shouldn't have counted. It's not that the tip-in shouldn't have counted. That has nothing to do with it. You look at them play that game against LSU toe-to-toe at home. They're at home. Um, LSU's really good. There's, not, there's no shame in losing at the buzzer to, to to LSU, and Kentucky has no bad losses. I would, I think Kentucky is a real threat, and when it, when I say threat, I mean danger to win the national title. You know, I mean danger, right? So um, we'll see how that all plays out. Got some other things to get to. Um, you know, as far as college basketball goes, and talk a little bit about the great weekend we're going to have here in Gainesville. But right now, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll bring in Robbie Andrew from the Gainesville Sun. He will join us. We've been having Robbie on every once in a while. He likes doing it. And uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy it as well. We'll take a break. You're listening to the Duly Noted Podcast at Gatorsports.com. At Vistar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. 
the funny thing about last year, the face of the program wasn't the face of the program until the season was over, and yeah. that was Ja'Kai Polite. Yeah, who became exactly. the face yeah. of the program, but it was like a slow process. Yeah, a gradual process over the year. But yeah, he definitely became that. Yeah, I don't. I, I would put Reese in the argument. I would put, I would put Franks in the argument. Um, Here's another one: C.J. Henderson. Yeah, you could put him in there. Well, and that goes to what I was talking about earlier with the. Um, it was uh, Athlon came out with the 50 best players in college football, and there was one Gator on there, and that was C.J. Henderson at 44. So even with this great improvement, um, they're still not going to get – and I don't think they'll get a lot of love in um, at SEC media days. They, they really haven't for a while now, so I think you're right. It probably will be. There are not going to be a lot of guys making preseason all-league. You know what would be a good story is to go back and look at um, – the last, well, really, like the last nine years of preseason all SEC, and see how many Florida players were on first team on offense. Yeah, and it wouldn't be very many. <laughs> no, no, you know? and and that's part of the problem. Now, I think I think people think Felipe could could be that guy, but when you're in a conference with Tua, I know you're you gonna, know, you're not going to be all league. I mean, would you think Felipe would even be second team all league? No, probably not. Um, from from will from be second be, team. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the best you can hope for is third team in the preseason. Here's a guy that should get love but probably won't, Van Jefferson. Yeah, I was thinking about him, too. He could be an elite player, but he didn't put up big numbers last year, so people are going to ignore him probably. That's his problem is that the numbers aren't there, but it's not for lack of trying. I mean, yeah. he, he he does what he's asked to do. He gets um, open. <laughs> gets open and makes a lot of great catches. But, I mean, that's the thing. The question that I was asking is – does Dan Mullen get enough credit, or should the players be getting more of the credit and less on the coaching? Or do we look at the fact that they still don't have any stars and they're, they're, people are going to put them in their top ten? I mean, it's kind of a – I don't know if it's chicken egg, but it's, it's certainly it's different. It's kind of strange that you're going to have a top ten team but not a lot of star star players on it, according to you know the media experts. So, yeah, but who are the media experts? I don't know. Not us. You're one of them. Oh, No. Yeah, you're 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 a media expert. There's no question. And I about covered it. a marathon the other day, so. Well, you're fresh off of that. I mean, how'd that go? I mean, was that exciting? Yeah, great. All right, glad to hear. <laughs> and next up, the Gator Nationals, right? So oh, it just gets okay, keep, yeah. keeps going, rolling. For Please you. get here. Spring Eventually, football. baseball, spring football. You're the happiest guy in the world for spring football. I am. I love it. Except it's on the Saturday, of the Masters. Still I know. Dan Mullen's got to understand that's not the way we do things around here. No. <laughs> um, all right. So, and and then it got me thinking too, because I'm thinking football all the time. You know that you are, Pat. Um, I was thinking about like my proclamation: the East was better than the West this year, which nobody wants to accept. And that's the the shadow of Alabama. Like, it is. You're right about that. I mean, nobody's got any chance to be SEC. Um, Starting quarterback in the in the in the postseason, it's going to be Tua. Yeah, he's going to overshadow everybody, no doubt. They're players, and they, and they do it for a reason. I mean, they, it's because they're the best. Yeah, but and nobody the, in the nobody in the West is going to beat them this year. Probably. I mean, who's going to be? Oh, them? their schedule's so easy this yeah. year. I mean, Duke is their opening game, or is it Duke or Louisville? It Duke might be or Louisville. Louis, no, was it Louisville last year? Yeah, it was Duke this year. They're getting that bad though. Yeah, but yeah, they, but, their quarterback left. They're, yeah, they're that's a great not quarterback good. left. But um, you know, it, it's just like 
the Alabama dominance of college football overshadows the conference and overshadows the East. The East won nine games yeah. against the West last year. And when you look at the quarterbacks, who would you rather have the collection that you have in the East or the West? Well, you take you the go East. and you go, nope, here's what happens. Tua overshadows that. Yeah, he, yeah they got the best quarterback, so it's the West. You got Tua back. You've got uh, – what do I do with my notebook? I um, You've got Tua back. You've got Kelly Mond back. You've got Joe Burrow back. Three pretty good yeah. quarterbacks. But everybody else is pretty much trying to figure pretty it out. Pretty pedestrian, yeah. Yeah, Ole Miss has got a new guy, Mississippi <laughs> State. Um, Auburn, obviously. I don't know yeah, where. Yeah, I'm not sure who where they're going to go um, with that one. And then, But then you, you look at the East, and you've got five starting quarterbacks coming back. Yeah. You do lose Drew Locke, but guess what? You replace him with a guy who played in the national title <laughs> game a couple good. Of yeah, years ago. Good yeah. bad. And Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. And then uh, I don't know what Vandy's going to do. I don't, that's, I don't know. They, they, it almost seems like a 13-team conference sometimes, as good as Vandy plays. Yeah. But I, I think the East is starting to flex its muscles just a little bit against the West. That's because Georgia has kind of raised everybody's level of expectation now. As, you know, their pro, that program is like Alabama East now. The way they recruit and the way they get to the championship game. See if you agree with what I said uh, last week on, on the podcast, and that was that um, with 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 Florida where they are right now, it's not about winning recruiting. It's not about winning the the uh, the day or signing day or anything like that. You better keep up. I mean, because as <laughs> good as Florida true. did, look what. Alabama and Georgia did. Then I saw LSU's got the number one class in the country right now for next year. I know. I mean, everybody you you're going to have to beat is going to be really good yeah, this, with that, really good players. That's what it's like in this league, Pat. I mean, you, they're they're elite recruiters and elite coaches, and like you said, you got to just work hard to try to stay even with them or try to get close to them. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if this is ever going to end. You know, um, but like LSU has been in the top five in recruiting every year for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Do you remember ever remember them having a bad recruiting year? No, because they lock up that state. Yeah, that for the state's most got part. talent, and there, there's no competition there. Even though Alabama's dipped in there a few times recently and gotten guys. Well, I saw something that Florida got the seventh best player in the state, and the other six all went out of state this year. <laughs> and that's something that that Dan's got does does have to lock down. Now, I mentioned this last week. He didn't have to go up against Nick Saban in his full power. Uh, I mean. Urban didn't have to do that. Um, or, you know, FSU with Bowden. Miami was uh, – well, they struggled a little bit too. But, Pat, you know, you're, the stat you just quoted is kind of – What stat? I forgot. The one about Florida guys. Top oh, seven. yeah, yeah. But uh, several of those guys were IMG guys that were from out of state in the first place that weren't Florida kids. Right, that's so true. That is a little misleading. Yeah, it is. And I think that uh, the IMG mystery – continues i have no I never, idea i don't get that the whole thing i don't get it nobody does nobody understand nobody can explain it to who me. do they play i don't they may play each other <laughs> for all i know i know they can't compete right for the no, state title or anything. i don't know i don't i don't grasp it but if you've got a chance to go to a, like a basically a country club high school and where you're going to get recruited by everybody did we go to a high school that was a country club no 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 not even close we weren't far from the country club, though. No, we could. We knew how to get there. To get to golf practice, it wasn't that far. No, but it was. Uh, it was. It was a little rugged, I would say. It was rough at times. Yeah. yeah, a little rugged. All right. Anything else you want to talk about Gator football related? Yeah, I know Whatever you're ready. You want. What you're you ready got? for the spring. I'm ready. 
Uh, when is the spring? You imagine it's probably going to be March, middle of March, and then. You know, my thing though is, is I've always felt this way. From this point, from the last day of signing day until the first football game, no good news can come out. No, it's not. No, you're right. I mean, the only good news is something like with Van Jefferson last year yeah. and, and Trayvon Grimes. That's about it. Yeah. But any, otherwise. Any news that comes out is not going to be good news because the guys are either going to get in trouble or get hurt. Uh, we remember last year it was, uh, what's his name, uh, Quincy Linton? Yeah. Uh, before camp even started. Was it before camp? Yeah, well, yeah, it was, I think. Yeah. Uh, tore his a- ACL. And that happened to Mud Harris, too. Yeah. The, uh, not yeah. Mud Harris. Um, <laughs> the other, Senior moment here for Pat. Uh, no, the, the, uh, Mud Harris's son. What's his oh, name? Yeah. Uh, no. no Who's having, having a senior moment I'm now? I'm having one. Um, Harris, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe I can't remember can't his either. name. How soon we forget. Marcel. <laughs> Marcel Harris. All right. So anyway, There you go. Hopefully, not, hopefully there'll be no news for a while here. Yeah, um, no, and I don't want to jinx it, Pat, but nobody's really gotten in trouble with a long oh, while. So, it. yeah, I mean, you you, you just wonder. Well, you know, it's funny because I remember being in Sedona, uh, name dropping here, on my vacation in July. And, last, uh, last July, Pat? Yeah. And we got – and Peter Burns actually sent me a text about the story about the guys getting in trouble last summer. Remember that? Yeah. And that thing just totally died out and faded yeah. away. Yeah, it did. With, with Tay – what's his name? Tay Bang or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> – Thank, Thankfully, that, that did, was not a distraction. <laughs> Think about the difference between that and what happened – The year before. The year before. Oh, my God. Which destroyed a team and yeah. that – you know they were able to work around it. They One were good. To series. Of, uh, yeah. Deal. All right, we're gonna let Robbie go. We'll come back. We will, don't let me go. Yeah, we have to let <laughs> you go. Um, we we will talk about uh, three things when we come back and some other college basketball and football stuff. You're listening to the Duly Noted podcast at GatorSports.com. Okay, uh, welcome back to the Duly Noted Podcast. Again, a little under the weather today. Not Nothing serious. I just got sinus problems, and I'm having trouble. My throat's a little clogged up, and so I apologize if I sound a little hoarse um, or loopy. I'm all those things. Uh, you know, it, one thing that will – I think that if Florida doesn't make the NCAA tournament – and look, I would say the odds – if you were asking me to lay odds on what percentage chance do I think that Florida gets in the NCAA tournament, I would put it at about 40%, and I may be going high for what I really believe. Because when you look at the rest of their schedule, it's likely a 3-3, three and three, okay? That's if they don't lay an egg. They're probably going to go 3-3. Three and three. That's 17-14, that usually doesn't get you in, even with a decent uh, ranking, net ranking. I, I, I still don't see them as in. They're going to have to beat somebody. They're going to have to win one game. And it. I don't know that you certainly don't want to wait till the SEC tournament and who knows who you get in a matchup with. It, who knows where, where you fall. Do you get an even opportunity in the first game to get a good matchup? If it falls wrong and you end up playing a team that's not getting in the tournament anyway, and even if you beat them, it, it helps you a little but not that much, and then you have to go play Kentucky or Tennessee in the next round, that tournament's not helping you because you probably aren't beating either one of those teams, especially in Nashville. 
or that place is going to be rocking. Oh, man. I mean, look, I know Knoxville is going to be rocking when Kentucky comes to town, but Nashville with those two teams there, uh, plus, I, see, I don't think LSU will travel. They don't usually travel very much for that SEC tournament. That, but it will be rocking. That, that should be really interesting. I saw where ESPN did a thing where they ranked the conferences, and they had the SEC fourth, and I would agree with them right now. The SEC did not do a great job either in that big – the Big 12 challenge was their one last gasp, and they would have had to need to go like seven and three to kind of move way up. And would they go four and six – uh, without their best, one of their best teams playing in it, you know, that's just the way it worked out. Um, but yeah, I agree. ACC one, Big Ten two, Big Twelve three. I totally would agree with that. And the SEC probably not having as good a year as I'd hoped for, but all that can be resolved at the end of the year because the way they do the thing, it's you're based on units. Every game you play, you get units for. The more teams you get in, the more units you get. Even if you don't win a game, you get a bunch of units. It's a complicated formula. It's really not that complicated. But the bottom line is, boy, if they could get seven in after getting eight in, that's some big-time cash rolling in to this conference. Believe me, they would be very excited about that. All right, uh, before I get to three things, uh, one of these special weekends, I I love living in Gainesville for a lot of reasons. One reason, it was 86 degrees yesterday in February. Um I got no problem with that. I got no problem with it being I, – I, I'm not going to get into a global warming thing. It's, it's a record all time. But but the, the bottom line is I'm okay with it this time of year. So when we get into summer and it's like you can feel it burning through your skin that I have a problem with. Um, but the other thing is I love living in Gainesville because we have weekends like this one where you have gymnastics Friday night. Um, against Georgia, which used to be a huge rivalry. It's still a big deal. It, it, let me tell you one thing about Florida-Georgia game. People in other sports care way more about Georgia as a rival than you, you, you think they do. Women's tennis, men's tennis, golf. I mean, all these sports, beating Georgia is a big deal. For Florida, maybe I'm being naive that I didn't realize how big it was. We all know what it means in football, basketball. It never has felt like a great rivalry. I mean, Florida's look. If you're in the SEC, your rival's Kentucky. Okay, Florida also has a pretty good rivalry with Tennessee. But you know, Georgia, yeah, Georgia hadn't been anything special. But in all those other sports, it's a big deal. So you got Florida, Georgia gymnastics, the return of Sue Ann. Yakelin, right? Suzanne is a, like a consultant, I think. So I guess she'll be here. Friday night, you also have Florida Miami baseball, which used to be one of the biggest things in the world. Kind of faded because Miami faded in the at the end of Jim Morris's reign, and now is picked back up because they're a pretty good team this year. From everything I've been told, they can really pitch it. They clobbered uh, Rutgers, but Rutgers is terrible uh, in their opening weekend series. So that'll be great. Three days there. I'll be at Friday and Sunday. And then Saturday, Florida-Missouri basketball. The opponent is not a great opponent in terms of draw. I, I don't even want to get into my anti-Missouri rant for this conference. I don't like them being in the conference. I have a lot, a lot of hard feelings about that. But they're mostly related to me. Um, so you've got that going on, though, at 4 o'clock on Saturday. 
And you've got softball hosting an invitational, so a bunch of games over the beautiful complex, which I still haven't been to. I'm going to try to get there, okay? I'm going to really try hard to get over there at some point to watch some um, softball. So you got all that going on, and I think I'm sure there are other sports that are playing as well. It's just uh, I love like I like all sports. It's really a cool weekend for me. All right, with all that blathering going on, let's uh, go ahead and get to three things. It's time for three things. Number one. Man, I love this AAF, but nah, the story Tuesday wasn't real good that they did not make their first payments to their players and that they had to get an infusion of money from a guy in Charlotte, $250 million, to keep the league afloat. That's not a good way uh, to start a, a, a league. Look, the USFL, which I've talked about before, is one of my favorite things that ever happened in all of sports. I loved it. They didn't really run into a lot of money travel till like late in their first year. The World Football League, which I covered, I am so old, I covered World Football League games, the Jacksonville Sharks. They had a lot of problems late in their first year. Guys not getting paid, not having uniforms. I covered the AFA. They got locked out of their the, – the AFA was the American Football Association – Don Gaffney was a quarterback of the Jacksonville Firebirds. I covered that team. I was with them when they got locked out of their their uh, locker room because uh, they hadn't paid the bills. That was late in the season. It wasn't game two. That's not a good look for them. Hopefully they've got it figured out. Hopefully they've got it worked out because I'm enjoying the heck out of watching the games. Just watching the ball coach throwing shade on Tennessee or – the plays he's calling, I, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I've watched every every time it's a game on. Now, they do have a problem and that sometimes they're hard to find. Uh, I didn't find the, the Apollos game until like midway through the game. So um, they, they got to get a little bit better at that. But it certainly was not a good look for a league to already be having money problems. I hope it's not an issue. I hope it more – like Paul Coach will be fine, Okay. He, if he, if they if this thing goes belly up in three weeks, he's going to be all right. I don't think it will, but I think I don't think he's got anything to worry about. But I just like these players to have a chance, and I like having an option. That, look, that is all watching sports on TV is options. I'm not saying I'm going to watch your game. I'm not saying I'm going to watch Utah at Utah State in football. I'm not saying I'm going to watch Gonzaga-St. Mary's in basketball. I'm not saying I'm going to watch Arkansas-LSU in baseball. But I like that option. I like if things get really boring, I can go over there and see what's going on in the game. It's like the the famous Chris Rock, Chris, Chris Rock line. It, the, the three best Chris Rock lines, in my opinion. One of them is this one, which is a man is only as faithful as his options. Well, that's why I am with my TV. Not with my wife, but with my TV. I'm I, I'm really into something. And then somebody says, hey, by the way, did you know that the blah, blah, blah was going on? I'm, I'm out. I will leave you. Just like that. The, the second favorite line was when the Tigers attacked the Siegfried and Roy. I can't remember which one they attacked. He said, and somebody said the Tiger went crazy. He says, that Tiger didn't go crazy. That Tiger went Tiger. Brilliant line. 
And then the other one was, uh, it's a sad story, Columbine shooting, obviously. He was talking about these the, the TV and the video games and everything made these kids do this. Whatever happened to crazy? That That's a brilliant line. Anyway, I love Chris Rock. Okay, let's get away from that. Let's go to number two, which is, to me, one of the weirdest stories that you could only have this time of the of our um, where, where we live this at this point in society, where Matt Kuchar gets called out months later for giving a uh, five thousand dollar payment to the caddy who caddied for him to win his golf tournament in Mexico. It was a replacement caddy. They had a deal, but he got he came across as being insensitive, typical wealthy, you know, rich golfer. It wasn't a good look for golf. It wasn't look good for Kuchar. And now he's dealing with it, had to apologize and give the guy, basically got extorted out of $50,000. I have a lot of feelings both ways on this. Mostly I just sat back and watched it take place in disbelief. But that is the power of social media. And not just Twitter, not just Instagram, not just Facebook, but talk shows, Kornheiser and Will Bond, stuff like that. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got a talk show, and it's just getting—it's just swelling to the point where if you do something that people—it's not even wrong. There is nothing wrong with what Matt Kuchar did. There is nothing wrong with what he did. He paid his caddy a bonus, okay? That you can do nothing wrong and still get vilified and have your reputation trashed. And now he goes he goes to events, he's getting booed. I think they're going to Mexico this week, right? I believe so. And he's gonna get hammered. Now all of a sudden people are yelling mooch instead of cooch. That just shows you how powerful it is. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it is what it is, and you better be careful out there in this world we live in. Now, personally, yeah. Did he come across, was it a bad look for Kuchar to say, hey, 5000 bucks is great. I know I made a million and a half, but 5000 is great. It's almost as good. Yeah, he kind of came across being a little bit of a jerk there. And I, I've met the guy. I've talked to the guy. I've interviewed him before. I think he's a pretty good guy. I think he's one of the most popular people on tour for a reason. But I wonder where his popularity will be a year from now. That'll be the interesting thing to watch because these stories, if you get out in front of them, they tend to go away in 24 hours. But if you don't, they linger. They linger like the Cranberry song. Do you have to let it linger? Do you have to? Do you have to? All right, finally, so I'll have to quit singing. Number three, the NCAA announced, or at least a committee announced, a full review of the guidelines for transferring. Now, my first reaction to reading this was, oh, good, they're, oh, wait, I see what they're doing. No, they're not, hey, we need to make it more uh, transparent. We need to make sure the portal is open for everyone, that everybody understands the way the portal works. We need to go and we need to make things easier for the student-athlete. That was my first thought. Second thought was, oh, no, they want to tighten it back up. They want to say, hey, we have the wild, wild west. It's free agency out here. Be careful there. If you guys come back with the the wrong recommendation and they approve it, it's not going to go well. You've you've curried some favor. You've 
back down the talk of players getting paid by being a, a kinder, gentler NCAA and a kinder, gentler presidents and a kinder, gentler everybody. You know, we, we've seen guys get bullied into not letting players transfer. You know, we, you know, teams or programs that said you can't transfer here and there have been bullied out of that. Yeah, I'm sorry, we're not going to – we don't want to get beat up anymore. That's what's happened. I just think you need – what you need to basically do, if I'm the NCAA, I go, you can transfer anytime you want, anywhere you want. You can take the playbook with you. We don't care. you got to figure out, Coach, how to win. But coaches aren't happy with it. I get it. Coaches aren't happy with it. I'm making $5 million, and I can't manage this roster. Come on, please. I don't ever want to hear that again. Ever want to hear that again. I'm making $5 million to coach football, but I can't figure out how to put get my 85 guys straightened out. You got a problem, man. All right, that's going to do it. Appreciate Robbie for sitting in. Uh, next week again, Peter Burns, and we'll have a lot more basketball. And we'll get to, you know, me. We'll talk some football, right, uh, as well. Thank you so much for listening to the Duly Noted Podcast. I'm Pat Dooley, the sports columnist of the Gainesville Sun. I'm deep, I'm way back, and I am out of here. <laughs>